Just tidying up my notes here. Oh, good. Believe it or not, I did some. That's cool. I made a game. I made a game. You made? Yeah, because all this, like, trying to find games that are relatively connected to the episode is just... Back to the Miads games. So now we're doing a game that I have made. So you know it's going to be... Questionable. topic. Oh. Thanks for your support there. (laughs) That's what I meant, sorry. (laughs) So this week we're talking about music critics because we all love them. Some people do. And specifically... Uh, a website called Pitchfork is going to come up. We all know Pitchfork. Um, In this room, we all know Pitchfork. I've got a little bit about them, yes. Very good. So yes. the game is Pitchfork Higher or Lower. Do you remember Higher or Lower? Oh, yeah, where I say if something's higher or lower than what you... Than the previous thing, the that, previous was, thing that was said. Was said yes. So Did you make that game, though? I mean, mm. the, like, the game Higher or Lower... It was a bold claim you made at the beginning there, that you made a game. I did all the research. I, I, get, I got all the scores. Yeah, no, I... Okay, you've adapted. Wow, we're coming out of the gates. <laughs> Hostile. Yeah, I was just expecting like rules and cards and maybe a game board. At no, some we point, gotta keep but... this snappy. Oh, Remember okay. that one time where it was like six minute intro? Yeah. <sighs> okay, pitchfork higher lore. Let's so start. we're starting off with. Are you give me a baseline? Yes. Yeah, okay. Eminem Revival, one of his most hated albums. Pitchfork gave it a 5.0. All right, so we're slap bang in the middle. Yes. Because they do it at 10. So. so your next one is. Indie Cindy by the Pixies, their comeback album. Oh, uh, lower. Correct. Yeah, it was 2.5 out of 10. I don't, I don't think that album was very well received by most people, was it? I know. Strange. Next up, Lady Gaga, the fame monster. So I'm going higher or lower than 2.5? Yes. Oh, it's definitely higher. Yes, you're correct. 7.8. Oh, absolutely. What an album. Tool, Lateralis. Lower. You're correct also. That was 1.9. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they get Tool. Kanye West, The Life of Pablo. Higher. Correct. That was quite an easy one. That was 9.0. Oh dear. Very high. Interesting, interesting. Beck, Mellow Gold, debut album with like Loser and stuff like that. Oh, like. uh, higher than a nine or lower than a nine. Yeah. I think this could be a curveball because you put it next to a nine. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say higher. Ooh, you were doing really well. I was doing very well, but I thought you'd thrown that in there. Yeah, but it was close. It was 8.8. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. It was very close. Could have gone either way. Yeah, it could have gone. Lil Zan, Total Xanarchy. Oh, definitely higher. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. They're 8.8. Yeah. Higher. No. Oh. It was 4.7. I've never even heard of that. Well, it's not good. All right. No, that's fair. But okay. um, it did better than Tool cool. and the Pixies. Yeah, somehow. Uh, Foo Fighters, Echo, Silence, Patience, and Grace. I got a few of those words in there. Yeah, so. I think I, I think I know vaguely that album. It's they probably got gave it... The Pretender on it. It's got yeah. Long Road to Ruin. Quite a good one. It's all right. It's all right. I don't mind um, it. I'd say, go, what were we going against? A 4.7. Uh, it's probably higher than a 4.7. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> this is what I was expecting <laughs> earlier. It's, uh, it's 4.2. Oh. What's this point? 7 point something. What, what's you've the point have, two for? I don't know. You've got to have a, a decimal point. There's always when a does decimal it end? point. Point two five. No, they never do. Point it's only one to one decimal point. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And welcome to Music is a Dead Scene. The show that discusses the topics nobody else does. The newest records. Who's in the charts? Nope. We cover the important stuff like what's the best song over six minutes. Or what's the weirdest thing a vinyl record has ever been made out of. My name is Cameron. And I'm Ewan. With our expertise in being two people who have listened to some music before today, we bring you these entertaining deep dives into the fringe and niche worlds of the music industry. We open up the discussion for all of our listeners so we can try and breathe some life into these dead scenes. But yeah, 
we are talking about music critics. Yes, music reviews, magazines. The the art of talking about music, which is kind of what we do. Well, it's interesting you say that because it's also not. We don't talk about music. Well, we do, but we don't talk about it in the same way they do. Sure, we talk about it in a slightly more informal, um, less in certainly less informed. <laughs> informal, less informed. <laughs> informal and uninformed. That's <laughs> oh, that should be our tagline. That's it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that could be actually. We could use that. I mean, that's the thing because that was one thing that I said that we shouldn't do is be music reviews. Is music reviewers. I know we're doing the, the chili stuff, but that's not, again, that's not, we're just kind of talking about it a little bit. I specifically didn't want us to talk about the charts and who's hot yes. and, uh, you know, gossip and all that kind of stuff. You know, we stay away from that, whereas that's what they do. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it would probably be a bit disingenuous for us, for, you know, two people who have just uh, like, yeah. we're music reviewers now. Yeah, this like, is what we do. And we just listen to a lot of music and now we're going to talk about it. And yeah. there are people that do that and it's fine, like... Anthony Fantano, for example. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how he, do you become a music reviewer? You just start, you just review, review music, yeah, and yeah. then after five years, it's like, oh, that guy's reviewed seven hundred albums. Okay, yeah. well, he must know what he's talking about. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't to begin with. I don't know, mm-hmm. but he's certainly learned a lot. I mean, if we're we're getting into the, the nitty gritty, there's problems to pick with these music reviews. Of course, there's one in particular that is riddled with controversy. Yeah, they're either people say they're too harsh or they're too arrogant. They're up themselves. Oh, it's like, can't be that on you their high horse. Or they just get it wrong. They just, they call it and they, mm. they just, everyone else goes, what are you on about? The album's great or the album's rubbish. Then that leads people to be pretty kind of dismissive of them because it's just like, oh, well, what do they know? Who yeah. cares? Too harsh, too up themselves. So then what do they do? They just give the popular stuff a nice high score to keep themselves in the... Well, in the, there's that the, side of the, the clear as well, know? but yeah. This is sort of your... Uh, your version of me hating music videos. We're music critics. Yes. What do you, wanted... Why do you hate them, Ewan? Yeah, Sum exactly. We're going to talk about a guy called Robert Christgau. Okay. Who is one of the most famous music critics, American rock critics, Ooh. as he calls himself. Uh, and then we're definitely talking about Pitchfork and yeah. some of their most arrogant reviews. Yeah. And or, there's also, or... there's one that I've found, uh, another magazine that, as I said earlier, riddled in, in controversy. Oh, yeah. So I'll maybe talk about that a little bit after you've gone on your Pitchfork tirade. What I wanted to start with quickly is what I feel makes a good review of music. Yeah. A couple okay. of rules. Mm-hmm. Number one, actually talks about the music. It's the first thing you got to do in a music oh, review. Yeah. As opposed to well, the we'll, drama surrounding it. We'll, or, we'll discuss it in yeah. a second. But what it does and doesn't do well, memorable moments, quality of the songs, etc. In mm-hmm. a music review, you should probably talk about the music. The music, yes. Number two, give context to the album slash music. So... What I mean oh, yeah. there is mm-hmm. either knows the artist's previous material uh-huh. or like their recent history, if they've lost a member, gained a member, blah, 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 yeah. what's been happening. Or if the album is about something. Or Yeah, yeah. Or, or is familiar with the genre oh, yeah. in uh-huh. question so that they can say whether it's good or not. Because, you know, someone who's listened to classical music their own whole life and you put down a metal album. Yeah, they're, they're going to be go, confused. Uh, I think it's good. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, That's so true. you need a little bit of context as to... You know, know what I'm trying to know say. Know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Depending on the publication, mm-hmm. isn't just an opinion. So oh, if yeah, it's okay. you writing your own blog, then it can kind of just be an opinion because it's you writing your own blog. But if you're writing for, mm-hmm. say, Rolling Stone or yeah. The Enemy or something like that. Yeah, they're all very, they, they talk about specific genres quite a lot. For know? sure. So yeah. But then, like, if you just go, this is crap, it's just like, well, why? Why yeah. is it crap? So yeah. I, I think instead, instead of saying this sucks, you want to say this sucks because of. Or, uh, yeah, I feel 
this sucks because yes, because these the are production's people, bad or yeah. the songwriting's undercooked or etc. Yeah, because yes. you got to remember these are these are people writing these articles mm-hmm. and they have opinions on things. Yes, and they will throw them in there, which is fine. That's okay. And they, but they, I think they should use evidence to back up their opinion. If you say it sucks because the production's bad, well, maybe I don't care that much about the production, mm-hmm. so I'll, okay. I'll still check it out. You yeah. know? If you just say it's rubbish, all you're going to do is go, mm, no, it's not. Well, I'm fucking not yeah. reading any more of this. I mean, and then close it, you know? Exactly. So those are the three rules I had in my head. I mean, ultimately, what you're trying to do is let the person know what the quality of the album is so that they can make their decision of whether or not to listen to it. Yes. I've got an example of a review. Oh my God, this is going to be a long episode. I've got an example of a review <laughs> okay. for each of those rules that breaks that. Should we, oh, should yeah, we just, I like that. Should we just jump in? Yeah, just, go for it. Rule number one, talk about the music. Oh, I'm just going to show this to Cameron. It's a YouTube video by everyone's favorite, the needle drop, Anthony Fantano. Oh yeah, we just talked about him. What are your thoughts on that review? The whole thing. Yeah, it's the whole thing. It's 15 minutes and 40 seconds, and it looks like he eats a couple of burritos he has like a health shake and then he just sticks knife in a jar of peanut butter. Doesn't follow the rule. Rule number one, talk about the music. I didn't talk about anything. No. Is, he try- is that a bit? Yes, it's a, it's a bit. What was on that album? It was the new Limp Bizkit album. What was Dad Vibe? Dad Vibe was good. It was the track number one I liked. I'm biased because I quite enjoy Limp Bizkit. <laughs> that wasn't awful for me. I did not enjoy that. But I think, I, I, I don't hate this one. I, I find it if if as long as you're not doing it all the time, I guess. Like if you're just a well, the review a you troll, mean. yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Limp Biscuit. Oh no, Limp Biscuit. Limp Biscuit are all right. They get a pass in my book. I mean, yeah. When you but, name your um, album, still sucks. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it they, is they're doing meme. it Limp on Biscuit purpose. Are a yeah. meme in themselves, so making and a, they're aware of that. A meme review is okay. I guess appropriate. I yeah, know, but there's but probably yeah. but Limp Biscuit have like die-hard fans. Sure, I bet they would want to hear yeah. a review. On... Yeah, yeah, even in the comments, he found an emoji of a burrito and he gave it a burrito out of ten. Okay. <laughs> so you don't even get like a, a number review. You just you just yeah, get a burrito. That's a bit annoying. So no, rule number two: give can give context to the music slash the album. Yeah, of course. So uh, let so me. I get... think that's quite a good. Rule. Oh, I meant to. I meant to find the most brutal song of this album. Oh, what's the album? Is it by Converge? Oh, I can't guess. I don't know any of this. Converge. It's All We Love, We Leave Behind. Let's just listen to this. I know this song's pretty heavy. So pretty heavy, right? Yeah. Is, are all of their albums like that? Yeah, pretty much. Right. Oh, okay, great. All right, so I understand now what Converge are all about. Yeah, so pretty- I wouldn't give that to like a, you know someone who mostly does pop. Yeah, so this is Enemy's review of Converge. Uh, Enemy. So Enemy do a lot of rock. And uh, sometimes indie. they do lean into metal a little bit, but not as heavy as that. I will yeah. hazard a guess, but sometimes they do heavier stuff. They can't. They have done some heavier stuff, but I wouldn't say they are. They're not the go-to heavy guys. Yeah. yeah. Every time they review heavy music, they're they're usually a little bit snippy. I think they're heavy scared metal of music. it. Ian. <laughs> they're, they're scared, scared of it. it. This, this is it. This is. So I won't read the whole thing, even though it's only a, uh, a one paragraph. paragraph. Oh dear. I'll read the last line. This is by who's it by? Does it say? It just says by enemy. Okay. By, oh, oh no, sorry, byline, John. Yeah. John Calvert. There you are, John. Okay. Um, though dependably abrasive. Anthems of doomed youth just aren't as brilliantly nihilistic when they sound like they've got ACDC's Angus Young on guitar. What? Where has he got that from? This is what I mean when I say are familiar with the music. So if you're not familiar with metal or rock and you listen to Converge and your takeaway is, oh, that sounds like ACDC... There's maybe a few steps in between that you've, you you're need missing to something. You need to check out. You're missing something. Um, what else has he reviewed for Enemy? He reviewed. Um, so he's reviewed Foxes. Right, they're fairly indie. Fairly okay. Kind of... Banks and Steels. No clue. Okay. Uh, the Garden. 
That sounds like the most indie band. Yeah. He did an article, Block Party, return with a new lineup, new sound, their comeback single reviewed. Yeah, Brit, Brit Rock. Block Party, yep. yeah. Okay. Uh, Battles. Oh, yeah, they're very kind of alternative mm. kind of uh, electro, I don't know what you call them. Tame Impala's danceable new album, Currents, track by track, first listen review. Indie pop kind of thing. Yeah, I wouldn't give him a metal album to review. Um, <laughs> who is at fault there? Um, is he at fault for writing that or... Did he do what he could with the assignment he was given? He probably did do what he could with the assignment that was given. NME's editor should have went, ah, yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But yeah, then why do, you ed- that to do NME's editors themselves have the metal Yeah, well, that brings up another, another good point, actually. Who, who is asking NME to review that? Who benefits from this review? Yeah. Your like, readers who really aren't super into metal? Yeah, or... Uh, if they're not, trying to get metal it, pe- readers to, that's what sorry, readers, metal listeners to read Enemy. Certainly not the fans of Converge, because they'll go, <laughs> oh, wow, Enemy are doing metal now. That's really good. Maybe then, I'll uh, I'll read what they think and I'll maybe uh, subscribe to them or maybe get them on my, my page and get a few. Oh, you've written one paragraph and for some reason you've compared it to ACDC. Yeah. Okay, I'm never going to read Enemy again. You don't well know done. what you're talking about. Exactly, yeah. And that's Bye-bye. then just discounted all yeah. other reviews that they might do in the future. I, I'm, we're talking like Converge are like the biggest thing in metal ever i mean I they're they are, they're very well respected they're not exactly huge, but, but yeah yeah so weird just yeah it was just an odd an odd it's review an odd pairing that metalheads like to bring up i oh, remember that time enemies <laughs> yeah, yeah well ACGC. there you go well that's it they're not going to get rid of that <laughs> yeah no. you know even if they bring it down <laughs> and someone's very easily being able to screenshot that because it's only one fucking paragraph okay for yeah. the for the third rule it can't just be your opinion this is another sort of a meme review but um, I, I, I was struggling. I was struggling to find stuff because normally music reviewers are all right in that they most mm-hmm. people, except one notable exception, yeah. um, put stuff in their reviews. But he's coming up later, so I didn't want to include him here. Uh, I was going to include the uh, excerpt from Final Tap where he says, "Oh, you had an album called Shark Sandwich, and it, this guy reviewed it um, oh, yeah. with a two-word review: shit sandwich." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was the one. But I actually found a review that's like that in oh. real life. Oh, good. Yeah. So there okay. was a band called GTR which is an abbreviation of the word guitar because it features Yes and Asia guitarist Steve Howe and former Genesis guitarist Steve Hackett. It was their super group that they formed. And it's only guitars? Guitar. I don't know. I've never listened to the mm. music. They brought out one album. As super groups tend to do. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think it was received very well. There were some criticisms directed at Max Bacon's strident tenor. I guess that's the vocalist. Mm. Wikipedia's gone very flowery. <laughs> All of my examples um, later on are for Wikipedia. So I think it's uh, I think it's really come on in years. So this was a a review of the guitar album. I don't know if it was just called Guitar Self Titled. Mm, yes, yeah. so GTR by GTR. Okay. Um, infamous review of the album in Musician Magazine by JD Considine. Uh, it consisted of only one word: SHT. <laughs> oh dear. Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a bit nasty. But it's quite funny though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, so, yeah. It's, it's quite funny. But does it let us know why it's shit? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah, it, what's is wrong it the with guitars? It? Surely not. Can't be the guitars they base their entire brand Must around be it. Max Bacon's strident tenor. Anyway. Yes. So there's some there's some rules, uh, some reviews that break those rules. Those are good rules though. Yeah. I think it's not that's... bad going forward, I think. It's... Yeah. So should we get on to one of the most revered critics of all time? Yes. It's a gentleman called Robert 
Christgau. Oh, yeah. He's the self-proclaimed Dean of American Rock Critics. Good for you. So I found out about this guy on another podcast that I listened to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's now called True Cult Pop. Basically, whenever they do a deep dive into an album, they'll always bring up his reviews because they find him to be uh, amusing. All right, And and even though he's cited or he's called himself the Dean of American Rock Critics, his his reviews are very, um, I don't know, not super insightful. I think you could describe them as nicely. Yeah. So he's been writing since the 1960s. He's reviewed pretty much all of the most influential albums of all times in okay. publications like yeah. The Village Voice, Rolling Stone, Esquire, Playboy, Billboard. He's yeah. written for them all. He has his own website cataloging his reviews and he's he reviews roughly like 1,500 albums a year. Wow. Okay. He just like so it's just all churns he does. through them. Just yeah. And because of that, he writes very short reviews yeah. with a letter grade system. Oh, okay. So what, how has it been described here? Ear fatigue is real. <laughs> you know, he, he that, that is a thing. You know, yeah. if you listen to too much, you do just get tired of listening. To I know, stuff, so that, you know? meh. Yeah, I, exactly. See, yeah. whatever. Um, so Chris Gow is best known for his terse, letter-graded capsule album reviews composed in a concentrated, fragmented prose style featuring layered clauses, caustic wit, one-liner jokes, political digressions, and allusions ranging from common knowledge to the esoteric. Who wrote that about I don't know, maybe Did himself. He wrote that, yeah. Probably. But, like, people do genuinely believe he's one of the best critics of all time. Yeah, I'm sure he's got it right a lot. This was from Questlove. Oh, yeah. No one in this time and place has the time to sit and listen uninterrupted for 60 minutes to anybody's music. I think Robert Christgau is the last record reviewer on earth who listens to eight records a day twice before giving his opinion on it. Christgau is the last true blue record critic on earth. Okay. I mean, that's Questlove saying that. Yeah. And then this is from New York Times literary critic Dwight Garner. For a long time, he's been called the Dean of American Rock Critics. A line that started out as an offhand joke. These days, few dispute it. Whoa. Whoa. So, one of, if not the most influential critic of all time. Does he live up to our standards (laughs) of music reviews? So I'm going to read... Because we're the deans of music podcasts. (laughs) Exactly. Music is a dean scene. (laughs) Music is a dead dean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm going to read some reviews and I'm going to have you guess what he actually thought of them. Okay. Because he, he does a little sentence and then he does a, a grade. A letter. And I guess, I'm guessing the letter. Yes. So okay. I'm going to get up his review system because it's changed over the years. Okay. How many letters does he have? So he's got grades from 1990 onwards and then he had grades from 1969 to 1989. You've got a... Starting at the bottom. Is this his website? This is his website. Oh yeah, my it's, God. It's rough. It's um, not very... in. Exciting. Oh, maybe we'll maybe we'll go down the way. Maybe we'll go down okay. the way. So, an A plus record is a record of sustained beauty, power, insight, groove, and or Google Fritz. Oh my god, what yeah. does that mean? I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm anyway, gonna A plus is obviously the best. Right, an A is a record that rarely flags more than two or three tracks. Right. Okay. And then you've got an A minus, the kind of garden variety good record that is the great luxury of musical micro marketing and overproduction. Um, he made up the word Google Friends. Oh, that's good stuff. Um, and then there's a, a B plus mm-hmm. is remarkable one way or another, yet also flirts with the humdrum or the half-assed. Oh, I quite like that. Right. And now we've got a three star or three asterisks. All right. Which is honorable mention is an enjoyable effort for consumers attuned to its overriding aesthetics. Oh, so that's like, uh, I don't like metal, but as far as metal goes, this is good. Yes. Right. And then you've got a two-star, honor- honorable mention is a likable effort for consumers attuned. Huh. And then a one-star, honorable mention is a worthy effort. Right, attuned okay. to its override. So it's like, meh, meh, meh. And then yeah. you've got a little flat face, a neither, that thing there. 
Oh yeah, a little emoticon. Um, and then underneath that, a choice cut, which is one song on an album that he likes. Uh huh. All right, so he's kind of thrown the letter thing. Yeah, yeah, away the letter thing's bit. gone. And okay. then a dud, which is a bomb emoji, is a bad record. Ooh. Okay. Is there so, anything worse than a bomb emoji? Uh, apparently, there's a, a turkey, which is a T U. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then he's given stuff like a D and a. Uh, and, and before this it was mainly just letters like A plus A A minus B plus B B right. minus C okay, yeah. so, so any records any records yeah. previous to the 90s just had a letter system okay, so cool. let's do some reviews yes do you want the, the album so you can have a rough guide as to whether it's a good album bad album yeah, yeah, yeah. go on then I'll, so I'll then, look up the album and see if I recognise okay so this is his review of Automatic for the People by R.E.M. oh yeah um, let's see yeah, yeah. okay yeah, uh-huh. do, 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 night swimming. I see that at the end. Serves there. Quiet name. So, do you want that to... everybody hurts as in everybody hurts and okay. man on the moon? You'll know that. Dun, 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 oh, uh-huh. dun, dun. yeah, I know man on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What do you think he thought of this album? He wrote Eternal Sleep. Was that the whole thing? That's the Just whole Eternal thing. Sleep. Eternal yeah, sleep. I don't think he thought much of it from the sounds of it. Yeah, what do you think he gave it? So maybe meh face. Meh face. I'll go meh face. I'll go meh face. He gave it a three star. Oh, okay. And he he wrote in brackets, man on the moon, night swimming. Oh, so those are just the ones that he liked. Those are the ones he liked. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) All right, okay. Yeah, all right. On Uh, topic for next week, got to keep plugging that next part. Oh, yeah. Californication. Oh, let's see if I know Californication. <laughs> oh, you reckon you might have forgotten uh, some of the tracks. There's a couple of tunes on there that I know. Yeah. Like um, Right on Time and I Like Dirt. I Like Dirt. I, I Like, like dirt. dirt. Uh, Yeah, okay. Um, He probably... Well, you didn't even know what he wrote. Oh, sorry, sorry, yes. New Age Fuck Fiends. Oh, he gave that one star. Oh, right on the money. Yes. Nice one. Nice. Do you want to know the tracks that he... Uh, he also enjoyed I Like Dirt. Nope. He oh. liked scar tissue. Oh god. And purple stain. Alright. Those were his two favourite tracks what of was that. Purple album. stain again. I don't think it's a good one. New Age fuck fiends. I mean they kinda of are. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty accurate. Though. Right. Okay. Right. Well, this one he's actually broken from his pattern. Oh. For some reason. Uh, so this is Discovery by Daft Punk. Oh, brilliant. It's a fucking great album. These guys are so French, I want to force feed them and cut out their livers. Oh Young moderns who've made the Detroit Berlin adjustment may find their squelchy synth sounds humanistic. Young moderns whose asses sport parallel ports may dance till they crash. But Yank Fun is much less spiritual, so that God bless America, one more time is merely an annoying novelty stateside. The way our butt plugs in, there are better beats on the damn Jadakus CD. He has thrown that together, hasn't he? I struggle to follow his train of yeah, thought. Yeah, he has. He's thrown that together. Sense to sense. But he gave that three stars. I'll, I'll maybe give you the point for that because he's broken from his rules completely. Oh, okay. And he's went back to his pre. Oh, okay. So he gave it a B plus. He gave it a C plus. Ah, what is not a distributable performance? Most likely a failed experiment or a pleasant piece of hack work. Discovery. Not a failed point. experiment at all. That wasn't like their first album. Yeah. They know what they're doing by that point. Right. What do you think he thought of Rage Against the Machine's debut album? Rage Against the Machine. He wrote. Metal for rap lovers and opera haters. <laughs> Metal for rap lovers and opera haters. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, I would say... Is that, I, don't, I, don't even, I can't tell. I know, you don't know where he's going to go. A-. He gave it a one star. Oh. And he only liked 
wake up and know your enemy. Didn't like killing in the name. Didn't like bomb track. Ah, uh, weird. Like we're <laughs> yeah. Know. Okay. I don't. I, don't, I can't know, tell man. what genre he likes. No, no. <laughs> like, I can't um, tell. You know what his. You know where his angle is. What does he enjoy? Yeah. Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water. He gave that an, an A plus plus. Do you want to hear what he said? Incredible. Minimal mm-hmm. sexism, duty jokes for corporate America, and the best rapping money can borrow. <laughs> Three star. He gave that the same rating as Rage Against the Machine's debut album. He gave it a one star. Oh. And his favorite songs are Rollin', Urban Assault Vehicle, and Get Your Groove On. Actually, what did he say? Was he like Rollin' Air Raid Vehicle? No, he liked Urban Assault. Urban, I, I prefer Urban Assault Vehicle as well. Why does he not? So he doesn't like any of the metal songs? No, he doesn't like metal. No. I, I prefer this version he too. He likes the dumb dance ones. So we'll do some uh, some earlier pre-90s right, albums. so now we're in letters. So this I'll, maybe, is, I'll maybe find this easier. Yeah, this is Pornography by The Cure. Oh, yes. I think this is a quote from the lyrics. Mm-hmm. He's written, In books and films and in life and in heaven, the sound of slaughter as your body turns. No, I can't go go on. I mean, why so glum, chum? Cheer up. Look on the bright side. You got your contract right and your synthesizers. Bet you'll have fun with them. Believe me, kid, it will pass. Is that a lyric or is that no? Him? Is that after any ramblings, after no, I can't go on. That's when he's that's right. him talking. Okay, makes about as much sense. Um, probably gave that like a, an A minus. Give that a C. Oh dear, he okay. did not like that. He didn't like that one. What else have we got? We've got Closer by. Joy Division. Oh, yeah. Their second album. Yeah, he probably fucking hated it. Another anticlimactically after the fact American release for these purveyors of melancholy and auto 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 hypnosis. Sorry, that was a Mm. weird word to read. And enough to make you understand why whole writing seminars haunt the import shops awaiting for the next 12 inch. Being Curtis's torment is less oppressive here because it's less dominant. The dark, roiling off-center rhythms have their own life and the last time the dancier material had hooks this time even the dirges have something closely resembling tunes yeah i told you i fucking hate it give that like a d a minus what <laughs> what i don't know what he means he half hated the, time. the whole thing i don't know what but how can how is that, that a good review good. how is that a good review oh my god okay so he hated it but apparently he didn't hate it a minus <laughs> Oh, that's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. Hounds of Love by um, Hate. Bush? Yes. <laughs> I forgot her second name. All right, okay. Are <laughs> <laughs> you living Kate? Staring at you, Kate. <laughs> Bush? Bush, yes. Yes. So, classic album. Oh, uh-huh. Got all the hits on it. Yep. Just as her music says she hopes everyone does, I respect and like this woman. Though it's tempting to slot her in with Laura Nairo, you never get the sense she's a fool. She's more circa... Heyura, Joni Mitchell. I don't know if that's an album. Her best songs can't match their best, but sonically she's magnificent, outstripping her art rock mentors, and it would be churlish to deny her to audiophiles and or young women seeking independent role models. Nevertheless, to be a romantic with a capital R in 1986 is to be a Victorian-like Tennyson who provides Bush her epigraph. It is deliberately to cultivate a sensibility whose time you know perfectly well has passed. C plus. B. Okay. And you're close. Yeah, I was close. I was close. But what the hell does that? Yeah, that's why. Maybe because we're not music reviewers, we don't, <laughs> we don't understand. The, we don't get the nuances the top, here. You know, yeah, there's things that we're missing. Yeah, clearly, we've got a few other modern ones. Oh, the Black Parade. Oh yeah, by My Chemical Romance. Everyone's favorite album. In Prague, a good sense of humor means so much. In Prague, this is not. It's all he's written. It's not Prague. I know. Maybe he's like he thinks it should be Prague. How old is this man? 
I mean, he's been reviewing records since the 60s. He's like old. He's re- reviewed Beatles albums and stuff like that. So This is not prog. So again, he doesn't understand. So I'm going to give that the, the um, meh face. He gave it two stars. All right. And he liked Teenagers and Dead. Teenagers oh. is a good song. What was Dead about? Which was that one? Uh, Dead's the... Yeah, I thought that was House of Balloons by The Weeknd. This is a real... I bet he doesn't understand this um, one either. If coming leaves your penis feeling that bad, fella, remember that they're not called narcotics for nothing. Three stars. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting the hang of it. I think so. I like it. I think so. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, he liked Wicked Games, House of Balloons, Slash Class Table Girls. That's, that's it. So what do you think of um, Robert Christgau and his writing? I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't, don't understand it. Under, I, understand I don't think we... I think there's things for. we're missing. Yeah. Nuances, as I said. I think we're... I think there's things here that we're uh, they're possibly not picking up but on. Like maybe if I could hear him speaking, I could understand the tone of voice a little bit better. But he has also <laughs> someone asked him what he thought of Anthony Fantano. Oh yeah, he's like I'm not very aware of him because I like to read reviews. I don't listen to them. All right, yeah. I mean, he's an old he's an old guy. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if he starts writing, I'll pay attention. That's what he said about. <laughs> All right, okay. And then he has the cheek to write this crap. And then he does that, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, that's quite bizarre. Oh, hello. It's us, but it's not us in the episode. It's us doing an advert. Yeah, we're in the past right now. To remind you to get your entries in for your Dream Festival lineup. The Batch Finale Special. The big doing. boy. So yeah, we want you to list up to 10 artists. Give them in a rough order. Smallest yep. to biggest, probably, as a festival would do. Tell us who your headliners are. What is your dream lineup? Who's going to be on that 10-person build? And because it's your dream festival lineup, you're fucking dead if you want. Mm-hmm. Dead or alive, doesn't matter. Yep. Don't make a band up, though. So there is also a bonus rule. It is optional. You don't have to pay attention to it if you don't want to. We are a festival on a budget, and that budget is 50 million monthly Spotify listeners, and that's per lineup, so across your 10 acts. How do I find that out? Well, if you go to your artists of choice spot, Spotify page, the main one with their top five tracks and the big picture of them, under their name it will tell you how many monthly listeners they have. So we cannot afford any more than 50 million in total across your 10 act lineup, otherwise we will go bankrupt. There will be a special prize to the lineup that gets closest to this 50 million number without going over, so get your calculator out and be ready to make some tough choices. And we will be accepting entries through our email, scene at gmail.com, right up until the 1st of December. And the three best lineups we will choose as our three days of the Neads Festival. And they will win a nice little goodie bag. Yeah, back to the show. So, shall we move on to the, uh, the big elephant in the room of Pitchfork? Yeah, and why you hate them so. Yes. So this is Pitchfork's most arrogant, notorious reviews. For a little bit of context, Pitchfork is a website publication that has been reviewing music since 1995. Mm-hmm. They've kind of become known as the hipster snob go-to for the music industry. Yeah, a little bit. Um, frowning upon anything slightly commercial, only approving of the highest quality of indie or like arty releases. Yes. Uh, in brackets, Radiohead. Yes. Some people live or die by what Pitchfork give an album. To them, they are like the authority on music they're also very known for being very harsh critics in general so not to say everybody that reads pitchfork is snobby music hipster or whatever yeah but they do attract that kind of crowd and certainly when you read comments and, and people bring up pitchfork online it's that vibe yeah, that is like the, a, ugh, the stereotypical vibe yeah that they they have. The, the current editor-in-chief for pitchfork um paju patel um she has previously served as the editor of spin 
All right, yeah. yeah. The cultural editor of Deadspin and a columnist for the Village Voice. Oh, yeah. Robert yep. Chris Gilroke there. Uh, her writing has appeared in Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. Washington Post, wow. MTV, wow. Vice, mm-hmm. and Fader, among, wow. among others. That's so there's there's a little bit of context that I found. So that's, that's the editor-in-chief wow. currently for Pitchfork. Good. Knows what she's talking about. You know, I've got some, that. I've called them Pitch Facts as well. Oh, I like pitch facts, yeah. Nice. Okay. I, I have a few, though, so we'll maybe do one each. I've got Let's go for three. it. I've got, um, as of 2003, they had 5,575 reviews available. Their average score was 6.7. Yeah, which I guess is leaning favorably because they do it out of 10, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So there are a couple of bands that actually cite their success to Pitchfork, notably Arcade Fire, who, when Pitchfork reviewed their album, it then actually sold out, but then also they couldn't get any more printed because of the demand. And Bon Iver mm. as well. So according to Wikipedia, Bon Iver was catapulted to mainstream and critical success after a 2007 Pitchfork review of the album For Emma Forever Ago. Uh, Pitchfork was the only publication to have included the album on a 2007 end-of-year list, while over 16 popular publications included the re-released on their 2008 lists. In the summer of 2011, Pitchfork named Bon Iver's self-titled release as Best New Music, and later chose the release as their best album of 2011. The critical acclamation of Bon Iver is widely seen as lifting the artist to the commercial mainstream success, which culminated with his Grammy Award for Best New Artist and Best Alternative Music Album. Time nominated Bon Iver as Person of the Year in 2012, noting the 2007 (laughs) Pitchfork review as the indie cred that led to mainstream success. That's a pretty good example. It is Bon Iver, isn't it? Not Bon Iver. No, it's Bon Iver. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah for sure. That. I was, and now, I was like, I've, I've committed, I'm going to keep saying yeah. it. But yeah. Now they've gone on to work with like Taylor Swift. So there you go. Crazy, pitchfork. So, yeah. It also goes the other way as well. A dismissive 0.0 review of former Dismemberment Plans frontman Travis Morrison's Travistan album led to large sales drop <laughs> and virtual college radio blacklist. Oh, that's... I mean, yeah. to be fair, if you're calling your album Travistan, that's... <laughs> Yeah, that, there's a bit of, um, yeah. Um, so I have some, uh, they don't always use numbers. You may have a couple of these. I, I've got some of I know pitch, you've got a favorite. I've, well, I've got, I've got a list of five here. All right. Which are Pitchfork's most outrageous reviews. All right, let me just um, But I don't think they all have number systems. I think it's more the writing. Oh, no, I've got times they didn't use numbers. Okay, so we can do that and then all we right, can okay. do some of their most outrageous. Yeah. I've got... Um, for a bit more context as to, I think these two things that we're going to bring up is why they come under fire sometimes for not properly reviewing albums. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. Or their reviews having some sort of gimmick. They used to lean into this a lot in the early days, I think just to be controversial, yeah, to make a name for themselves. And this has led to many people like satirizing them and just mm-hmm. calling them out. There's, yeah. um, do you know the, the comedian David Cross? He's oh, right. Arrested uh-huh. Development and stuff yeah, like yeah, the yeah. bald guy. Bald guy with the yeah. tash, yeah. yeah. He was asked to write a piece for uh, Pitchfork about his favorite <laughs> albums, and instead he submitted a piece titled "Albums to Listen to Whilst Reading Overwrought Pitchfork Reviews." Uh, okay, and they still they posted <laughs> it to be fair. Yeah, yeah to, they to paid be, the man to, to his credit, <laughs> to their credit. Even they they put it off. It's quite funny. He basically cites a really like stupid review that he thinks is just like bullshit or like too flowery in language or whatever. All right, okay. And then he says, "You should listen to this fake album by Billy." 
Frank and the whatever, you know, some, yeah, 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 some okay. crap bullshit. It's just like, yeah. listen to this. And then writes his own stupid flowery review of it. <laughs> okay. So he's clearly not a fan of Pitchfork. No. Yeah. Um, in 2007, satirical newspaper The Onion. Oh, yes, The Onion. Posted a, a piece by Ryan Schreiber, who is the founder of Pitchfork. Yeah, in I, where, I saw this somewhere. Where he reviewed all of music. Yeah, he gave it a 6.8, yes. I believe. Yes, he gave, it, he gave all of music a 6.8. 6.8. Yeah, because um, there's, um, it's actually, the, there's a history of Pitchfork reviews in 38 reviews. Yes. on the Pitchfork website, and I'm pretty sure that one comes up. It may, it may not, I may, I may be mixing that no, up. No, I think but, you might be right, yeah. Yeah. Well, what I wanted us to do, and we can do this with your ones as well. Um, in 2010, uh, a writer called David Shapiro created a Tumblr page called Pitchfork Review Reviews. All right, yeah. Which is, I think, what we should do. We should read these reviews and we and should review, review the reviews. them. Yeah, yeah. As in a Pitchfork style. Yes, okay. So do you want to do your ones first? So these reviews yeah. that you said have... So these are reviews that are... They weren't originally like numbers. Right, okay. So they're not numbered reviews. They've given them something else. Okay. Um, so they started out with uh, British Sea Power... Okay. That yeah. band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 2008, the album was called Do You Like Rock Music? And it was initially awarded a tongue-in-cheek rating of U.2. They gave it U.2. So we know what they think of it, kind yeah. of. However, the page now gives a rating of 8.2. Oh. Seemingly oh, at, they like it then. Yeah, so seemingly at odds with the critical review. What? Whatever that means. U.2 sounds like it's like... Pfft, You're just U.2. U2. Why have you done that? Yeah, I don't so, so that's what they gave that. Confusing. Confused face Yet again. emoji. Yes. The uh, the rating of Run the Jewels remix album, Meow the Jewels. So is that the re- remix where they've just added cat And uh, Basically, everything? it was a, yeah. I don't even know if the lyrics are still, I think the lyrics are still there. Are they? Is it just, what, so it's just cats But the what lyrics? they've done is they've just replaced the instruments with cats. We need to. And it's Run the Jewels 2, I think. I think it's a good it, album. Close your eyes and count to, count to fuck as the original title. It's now Close Your Eyes and Meow to Fluff. Hey! Slave, you protested to get in a fucking lookbook. Wow, they spent so much time on they that. They did. I don't, I don't understand who has done this or why they've done this, but they gave that originally a pictogram of a cat's head with hearts for eyes. So, kind of good then, maybe? Like, well, in terms of like, is that a good rating? So, what you would do is if you highlight the pictogram, right click, yes. it would reveal that the actual score is seven. <laughs> <laughs> For God's sake. Um, right. They okay. also did Pope Francis's album Wake Up. Uh huh. And that gave the rating three minutes, 16 seconds. Oh, is it like a Bible verse? I think it might be, possibly. Uh, using the same method of revealing Meow the Jewel's actual score reveals it to be a five. Oh, okay. I don't know so if that's still actually on their website, though. Is it must that... be. Well, they changed U.2. It was actually an album by Pope Francis. Oh, all right. Jesus. I kind of thought that was. Uh... Literally. Here's Meow the Jewels. Nah, it's just a five. Oh, it's, yeah, it's just a number seven now. Boo! Oh, that is boo. I thought it was like a band who had somehow managed yeah, to call themselves. So, yeah, so he gave, um, he gave that a five. You probably know this one. I think this is your favorite one. Rather than give a traditional review of Jet's Shine On... It has a 0.0 attached to it. Yeah, it has right. a 0.0, so the, the, but instead this is where, of... This is where ours cross over. Yeah, I thought you might have this one, because you've talked to me about this before, but instead of just giving it a number... Uh, they embedded a video. No, the video's still there. Yeah, so yeah, they've not taken it down. They embedded a video of just a monkey peeing in its own mouth. That is their review of Jet Shine On. Yeah. 
So I don't think it really passes the test of uh, talking about the None music, of those, does it? It, no? it actually breaks every rule, I should think. <laughs> they, they just give it that video and zero. So that's um, that's some fun things that Pitchfork did. What do we give those reviews? Do I like the Jet music. Shine On? Do no, we... the Jet Shine On one is really quite poor. <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite nasty. Yeah, it's, it's a bit too harsh. Um, but the rest of them are quite fun. I don't understand the Pope Francis one. That's just bizarre that he has, must first be, of all, must be a... has an album and second of all, it gained attention yeah, from... what the hell is Pitchfork. that about? Why is it called Wake Up as well? Is it about Maybe Rage Against a... Machine cover? Yeah, no, it's a cover of... Um, Chop Suey. Oh, Wake Up. Yes! <gasps> Pope John Paul II, for context, released three albums during his papacy. Why Why are they all releasing albums? Have they not got stuff they need to be doing? Here it is. Pope Francis, Wake Up. There's eight people credited on this album, apparently. What would you like to hear? Would you like to hear Wake Up, Go, Go, Forward? Yeah, sure. It's a lot more modern sounding than I expected. <laughs> that's definitely not a guitar. That's like that's someone hitting synth, keys. Yeah. It, yeah. When is he showing up? I want to hear his dulcet tones. It's a speech. It's a fucking speech. Yeah, but why is this? He's saying it in English. So he's singing in English. That's crazy. But the lyrics that on Spotify a... are in, I presume, Italian. So it's this weird, like... Okay, that's quite strange. Dramatic pop rock. <laughs> 80s synth rock. workout. Like, rocky, <laughs> rocky theme tune. Yeah, totally. And is. then they've just put one of his um, sermons oh, yeah. over the top of it. There you that go. That is the craziest concept for an album I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Shall I read you some of Pitchfork's most notorious reviews? Yeah, go for it. This is the Kid A one. This is the Kid A one. On the history of Pitchfork that's on there. The Kid, kid um, A one is on Brent there. Brent Crescenzo, I think, is is known for having quite... Is that who wrote this? Yeah, okay. silly reviews, because I think he comes up again. Oh, he, there's a big quote, actually. From the it. review? From the review. Oh, this is the first line, so I'll... Yeah. <laughs> or... So this is how the album starts, or how the review starts, sorry. Mm -hmm. I had never seen a shooting star before. 25 years of rotations, comets pass and travel... And to my memory, I'd never witnessed burning debris scratch across the night sky. Radiohead were hunched over their instruments. Tom York slowly beat on a grand piano, singing, eyes closed, into his microphone like he was trying to kiss around a big nose. Weird. Colin Greenwood tapped patiently on a double bass, waiting for his cue. White pearls of arena light swam over their faces. A lazy disco light spilled artificial constellations inside the aluminum cove of makeshift stage. The metal skeleton of the stage ate one end of Florence Piazza Santa Croce on steps <laughs> of Santa... No, not again. Of the Santa Croce Cathedral. Michelangelo's bones and cobblestone laid beneath. I stared in trance, soaking in Radiohead's new material, chiseling each sound into the best functioning parts of my brain, which would be the only sin system for material for months. Okay, so he's not even talking about the album yet. No. That's, um... Oh, it's just a review of him hearing the songs yeah. for the first time. Scroll down a bit. Did he use the term perfect as a wizard's cap? The butterscotch lamps along the walls of the tight city square bled upward into the cobalt sky, which seemed as strikingly artificial and perfect as a wizard's cap. Mm -hmm. So this history of Pitchfork and some Pitchfork reviews, mm -hmm. when they bring that up, they, they mention that. So they say, for many, it put Pitchfork on the map as a site that was doing something different. Then they, they go on, Di Crescenzo's pian to Kid A reflected a kind of earnestness and purple-hued prose that the site would come to knowingly embrace. And then in, in brackets, an early bit of Pitchfork merch was a t-shirt with a wizard's cap on it, a reference to a bemusing line from the review, as perfect as a wizard's cap. This is an emotional, psychological experience. <laughs> 
Kid A sounds like a clouded brain trying to recall an alien abduction. What? Yeah, it's so weird. It's the sound of a band and its leader losing faith in themselves, destroying themselves, and subsequently rebuilding a perfect entity. In other words, Radiohead hated being Radiohead, but ended up with the most ideal natural Radiohead record yet. Everything in its right place opens like close encounter spaceships communicating with pipe organs, and your ears decide whether the tones are coming or going. Tom York's quick. What? What is that word? Cuisinarted is my best <laughs> Tom York's voice struggles for its tongue. Would you let us know what he said about the... About his own about review. His review. So he's given a review to his review, has um, he? So, no, it was a re- retrospective interview okay. with Billboard. Uh, I wanted my reviews to make the reader feel how the record made me feel. If the record made me laugh, I would try to make the audience laugh. If the album made me emo, I would go hard on screen. Kid A immediately awed and excited me and made me want to gush about it. That's what he said about that review. The primordial brooding guitar attack of optimistic stomps like mating tyrannosaurs. <laughs> yeah, so we get, the, we get the gist. He is in love with Kid A, but in a very strange way. So, yeah, yeah, I did wonder why that was on there. It's, it's, it's an intense review. It is, it's a lot. It's really long, Oh my, oh, this is the line, this oh, is yeah. the line. Okay, I'm going to read the last... Paragraph. The experience and emotions tied to listening to Kid A are like witnessing the stillborn birth of a child while simultaneously having the opportunity to see her play in the afterlife on IMAX. Dude, shut up. That is rough. This is so weird. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so there you go. What do we give that out of ten? None. No, I'll give it three. You put, three the, out you of 10? put the effort in. You know? Yeah. I give it a brain exploded emoji. Oh, nice. Okay. But in a bad way. Um, when you, you you click behind it and you reveal it, it's like a 2.4. Two. Okay, so you give it to him. I'll, I'll give it three. He, he put the, he put the I did put in. a lot of effort into writing it. What are we? Oh, we're sticking with Brent. All right, good. Yeah, yeah. This is his review. Well, now we have context, though. So we, he this is how he felt. Yes. You know? So this is a 2.0 review of Nine Inch Nails' amazing album, The Fragile. All right, uh-huh. 1 a.m. I've gathered my supplies and I'm going to sit this one through straight. Trent's going to keep me up for at least another two hours with his latest blossest indulgence, the fragile. So I've got a pot of coffee. It's black, pitch black, as black as your fucking soul. And I'm <laughs> typing on this machine. This machine is grinding me down. I feel like a fucking machine. Grr. <laughs> 9 p.m. My first experience with... The, are we traveling back in time or forward? 9 p.m. My first experience with the fragile is as the case with most new CDs comes in my Honda. I'm sitting at a red light on Webster and Damon waiting for a left turn. Trent Reznor screaming, tear a whole exquisite red, fuck the rest and stab it dead over a troop of industrial guitars and digital whining. I yawn with such stretching intensity that I miss my turn light. (laughs) The entire situation strikes me as particularly humorous. Here I am, a 24-year-old white guy with floppy bangs wearing a tie, driving a Honda. And all the bile Trent Reznor can muster up from his supposedly scorched soul makes me yawn. Yeah, okay, we get it. 8 p.m. Hello, asks Ryan. So we're oh, all going back in time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm going to read you something I say. Oh, hey, dude, um, sure. She shines in a world full of ugliness. She matters when everything is meaningless. Oh, man. <clears throat> Sometimes I have everything, yet I w- wish I felt something. Are these lyrics? Underneath it all, we feel so small. The heavens fall, but we still crawl. Haha, what is this? Pleading and needing. Bleeding and breeding. Feeding, exceeding. Rhymey! Now everything is clear. I can erase the fear. I can disappear. Man, what is this? Is this some emo album? 
I am every fucking thing, and just a little more. And when I suck you off, not a drop will go to waste. It's really not so bad, you know. Once you get the taste, yeah, star fuckers. Oh, no. Oh, no, oh, no. It's Nine Inch Nails. 1.49am. That's about all that thread. That's the whole thing. He just okay, he apparently just, yeah. called someone. Even deeper, a track by, mixed by Dr. Dre spits aluminum riffs into my headphones. The entire concept of pairing Dr. Dre and Nine Inch Nails, a match made in Cornboy Heaven, is laughable. Shuffling beats squirt under Blade Runner booms and fathoms of string samples. The end product sounds entirely similar to the rest of this 104-minute albatross. Yeah, okay. 2am, Trent Reznor is the worst. <laughs> most predictable, most uninspired lyricist working today. 2.45am, the gentle piano plunking of La Mer lulls me into sleep momentarily on its second time around. So it, yeah, I don't... But I feel like you can't just listen to it over and over again. You've got to listen to it and then not listen to it for a while. So you think he's doing it wrong. Come, so he's like listening to it and listening and listening and listening and listening. You know, and then all that's gonna all that's gonna happen there is, you know, you know, if you notice one thing you don't like, it's just gonna get amplified, isn't it? Yeah, the well. last line is at this point I'm angry, hungry, and frustrated. In fact, I feel kinda like Trent Reznor. <laughs> is this the grand design? After over two hours of listening to incessant whining grating, I've become the very model of his audience. What do you give that? That review. Yeah. Yeah, again on par with the other one, I'll give it like a three. Actually no, I'll give it a two point seven because he kinda just included an excerpt of a conversation he had that made yeah, no sense. I so. give it a Oh, hello. Hi. Uh, what's up? Uh, your review probably shouldn't just be like a diary entry. It maybe should talk about the album a bit more. Out of 10. Cool, thanks. I, I like that. That's good. What else have we got? Untitled. What is this album? Oh, Untitled by Autecra. Yes. Okay. This is by Dominique Leon. Okay, so do you, shall I read the review of this album? It got a 7.4. Good. Do you like it? Pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Above average. Okay, it seems to be an excerpt from a piece. Sitting in the dormitory room just after class on Thursday, Achilles changes into his gym clothes as his roommate Tortoise bursts through the door in a fit of happiness. Maybe we should do it as a, as a piece. Maybe oh, we should. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be Tortoise. Okay. Achilles, have you seen this? What? Do you see? Yes, I'm referring to the object, though small in size, quite interesting in stature. I'm holding in front of you now. Ah, it's a CD. Brilliant. I can see I've come to the right man. Never one for suspense, I'll begin the next phase of our conversation. It is a new album from one of my country's most respected groups of musicians, Otecra. Okay. And I am holding it in my hands. Okay. Yep. I heard a new one was coming out or something. Or something indeed, for I think it may be their best. Better even than the fine Cornfield. Confield. Do you remember the one? Yeah, to be honest, I kind of stopped listening to them a few years back. I liked the first one. I think I liked EP7, but I don't really remember much about it. I would happily grant you a very big favour in return for a moment of your time, as I explained to you my thoughts on this record. Might you humour me? Hey, hand that to me. Over here. Thanks. Yeah, whatever. Thank you. For starters, it's called Untitled. Isn't that funny? Until Ted. Oh, until... Oh, I've been saying it wrong this whole time. You have. Untilted. That's funny. They really do have a good sense of humour, don't you think? No, not really. I think it's kind of stupid. Well, I think it's a decent title all the same. But funnier still, I will admit, is that it's comprised of eight letters. Oh shit, yeah, that is hilarious. Is it because it's their seventh, eighth? I have no idea why that's hilarious, I'm just reading. (laughs) Which is to say, funny when I recall that their previous album's title was also comprised of exactly eight alphanumeric characters, not counting the colon, of course, as was the full-length one before that, Confield. Don't you think that's strange? No. And even stranger still, Altecra 
A-U-T-E-C-H-R-E as the identical number of characters. Why? When I happened upon this, I was struck by the similarity in form. Okay, way to go off the deep end. Are you going to tell me now that they're geniuses and I can learn trig faster by listening to them? I mean, what's funny is I might actually study them more if I could hear a beat somewhere. As it happens, I do believe they are masters of form, but I also believe they are instinctively driven by, as any other musicians, if that's not a contradiction. And I don't necessarily believe it is. Take Pro Red Eye, third track. It begins with pending industrial machinery sounds, as if stomping through a foggy alley using meter-thick boots of iron and shoe soles. Yet it slowly mutates into something lighter, with a stuttering snare that wounds like a digital sitar drone in the background. You sound like a critic. And I haven't even gone to the punchline, as it changes into something even further removed from the wiggly opening. As EV overtones ring above the pinging metallic percussion, I realize the pieces arrived at point in segments, lengthy and subtle, as obviously delineated, to be sure. This, of course, is exactly the same scheme much of the dance music follows me- measure by measure units of 8, 16, 32, 64. It proceeds formally, yet changes its colors quite unpredictably. There's so much punctuation in this Hey, can you hand me my bag? Achilles, if you listen, you'd hear the beat that you're looking for is here, especially well put together like that. Altegra, rightfully accused of being influenced by hip-hop. Uh, even as I imagine a rapper laying behind the beat, I might find himself on the wrong side of one from time to time. Ewan, how long is this? <laughs> We're on the last row, right, okay, last stretch. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jesus, this is brutal. I mean, we might just give up. <laughs> I don't understand where it's going. So the review is hidden in a conversation between two people. Basically, is that the, effectively the what's end is, here? is Tortoise says, Sigh, all right, Achilles. I can see we're going to have to agree to disagree. I'm sorry to have wasted your time. <laughs> oh, don't worry, dude. Just wear headphones when you play that stuff. <laughs> what the fuck? So what did they give that? Seven. So seven. they gave the album a seven, and they disguised the review 7. as 4. a conversation between two people, one of which is a big fan, and the other has clearly never bothered. Yeah. That, that doesn't make a good review. That's a that's a, a, a one point three review. That was rough. That's it doesn't make any sense. That was a wear your headphones when you read this review and close the screen um out of ten. Yeah. Really. That was horrendous. What do we get out of that? I I got bored. I mean clearly they're trying to make fun of the like passionate music geek trying to convince someone, but like But that's them. That's them. They do that. That is their job. <sighs> Whatever. I'm gonna listen to that album on the way home though. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, you convinced by I'm Tortoise? I'm quite intrigued. Yeah. And we've got one last one. Okay. Which we don't have to read in, in its totality because it is another... Lengthy. Yes. Uh, so this is the album Relationship of Command by At The Drive-In. And oh, was, you like this album. I love this album. You love this album. Great. So th- this is the review. The following is a partial transcript from the third and final debate between Republican presidential candidate George W. Bush and Democratic candidate Al Gore. Why, though? Jim Lehrer says, Okay, gentlemen, you know the rules are established by the Commission of Presidential Debates. The questions will come from citizens in our audience, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. Uh, where are you, Mr. Thompson? There you are. Clay- Clara Thompson. Sorry, Miss Thompson. Uh, yes, Mr. Bush, do you think that At The Drive-In's new album, Relationship of Command, matches the intensity of the band's live show? George W. This Bush. This can't be real. No, it's not real. All oh, right, okay. I thought it was real for a yeah, second. Yeah, I thought it was real. Uh, George W. Bush says, Thank you, Ms. Thompson. As governor of Texas, I'm proud of these young men from El Paso. <laughs> I take both young people in the arts very seriously, as I think my record shows. But the question here really is, who do you trust? And who do you think will get things done? I am a uniter, not a divider. Also, you can't hear at the drive-ins, Afro's on record. All right. Mr. So Vice another, Yeah, okay. It's just bizarre. I'm glad you asked this question, Ms. Thompson, because in the area that Mr. Bush and I differ, while no album can ever approximate the complexity of their live concert experience, the sonic intensity of Relationship of Command makes a good second choice. Andy Wallace mixed the album. If that name doesn't ring a bell, let me remind you that nine years ago, he mixed an album called Nevermind. <laughs> <laughs> the punch his mix brings to these guitars is impressive, so while Relationship of Command doesn't quite compare to seeing the group live, you'll surely want to mosh dance in your bedroom when you listen to this recording. All right, because that was one thing that you did point out when you were talking about them, was that, you know, they're a live band. 
you know, yeah. first and foremost. Exactly. So, so I guess that's good that they're translating that. Into, okay, maybe uh, I don't hate this review as much. It's weird, though. It is a bit strange. It's a very <laughs> if, interesting. Um, if you were elected president, what do you propose to do about the inconsistencies of relationship command? <laughs> <laughs> well, nothing, because it's already been made. <laughs> that's quite clever. It's an interesting format. Yeah, they've even got the, like, someone answers a question, the other person answers, and then a guy hosting it, the moderator. And the next question, Al goes, can I just say one thing about that? No, I'm sorry, that's... Oh, okay, all right. Okay, yeah, so they've made it very legit. Wow, yeah. this is weird. It's quite fun, but it's a bit much, perhaps. It, I feel it makes it a bit difficult to read as well. Yeah. Because it's not very fluid or whatever. But yeah, those are um, <laughs> those are pitchforks. Yeah. Weirdest reviews. They are quite weird. But aside from all the, the bollocks of that, like mm. whatever bullshit memes and like jokes and... Yeah. I do actually have quite a lot of time and respect for music critics. Yeah. Like that, those ones are just stupid examples that people like to constantly bring up as like, they don't actually review music, they just up themselves and they just make memes yeah. and stuff like that. But they and are like, the, out, the outriders. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Those are the um, ones. I feel like we just kind of played up my hatred for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think music reviews are important yes i mean yeah nothing will ever be a better gauge for quality than like the audience at large of course so like if enough people get behind something and say it's good then it's good and like one voice is never gonna override that no that's also gonna change that yeah of course but they have a job to do and they and they have this job because they absolutely love music like they didn't get into it because they're like, music's crap. Let's go make fun of it. You know. Yeah. Well, that's like what we were saying. You wouldn't. You wouldn't give a, a pop fan, mm-hmm. you know, like a death metal album to review. You, you give them what they love because yeah, they exactly. love it and yeah, they yeah. know how to talk about it. And, and yeah, maybe they get a bit up their own asses sometimes. You know, for <laughs> writing funny crap reviews or you know whatever. The, the for for all of them, there are like a thousand earnest, well written ones. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. The way I view music critics, I don't think people should base their opinions on music by the thoughts of, of others. No, no, no. Especially not a magazine, because a magazine as a whole said it, you know. Exactly. Um, I follow specific reviewers, not just like magazines or, you know, oh, well, Pitchfork uh, yeah. said it's this. It's like, no. I think if, that's a safe bet. If you can find someone with a specific voice and, you know, if, if you like how they review or how they talk about music you share some of the tame, same taste with them then what i would do is just keep checking in with them yeah see what they think of new albums that you've listened to you haven't listened to and then slowly what will happen is you will learn their own specific taste more and more yes so that when the time comes and they review something i know their how their taste compares to mine and i can make a judgment in my head on whether i should enjoy it or not mm-hmm. like whether i would enjoy it sorry but they so, also probably review things and don't get published. So you'll maybe find more things about what you like by that person. Exactly. So so, so that's the that's the thing. So I quite like Anthony Fantano mm-hmm. on YouTube, The Needle Drop. If he gives a hip-hop album a bad review, mm-hmm. I'm not going to check it out because he likes hip-hop. He knows the genre way more than I do. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of me listening to a subpar hip-hop album? Oh, I'm yeah. not going to get anything out yeah, of yeah. it. But if he reviews one amazingly, I'd be inclined to listen because... He knows that genre. He yeah. knows what to pick out. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, that must be that must be pretty good must because be good. he knows hip hop. Alternatively, when he gives Deftones really shitty three out of ten reviews, I know he doesn't like Deftones. He's never really liked Deftones. I really like Deftones, so I'm going to go make my own opinion. Yeah, it's not the be all end all. It's like, no. oh no, Pitchfork oh, gave the album a bad review. It must be Def- terrible. Can't believe Deftones are rubbish now. Exactly. No. Yeah. You I like still them. like them, yeah. 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 Don't base your opinions on what critics say are good. They're there to be a consistent voice 
for you to follow and allow you to find new releases mm-hmm. and make judgments on music you've never heard to see if it's worth listening by your own tastes. Yes. That's what they're for. I quite like them. Apart from when they get it very wrong. Well, no, those ones are just funny. Although, yeah, those are just... Yeah. And even then, I don't like the him eating a burrito or the stupid, like, the monkey peeing in the mouth one's just stupid. Yeah, that's a bit ridiculous. But like, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah. The Robert... Chris to go stuff I find just uh, that's just incomprehensible just goes over my head. <laughs> just, it makes no sense <laughs> music reviews aren't all that bad I suppose do you like very many reviews of stuff or no. are you just you're just cutting your own path um, yeah I'm just I've got blinkers on and I'll just listen to what I listen to I don't know why I'm sorry I think that's like quite a lot of people to be fair yeah I think so I think the whole music reviewing and, and the you know the magazines and stuff like that they're kind of not Magazines, relevant. I feel like were good are a good thing for like teenagers and stuff like that. Yeah, who are like trying to get into music and yeah. they're just like, oh wow, this is cool. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah, um, I think back in the day it was a good way to find music, but now yeah. obviously because we have all music ever at our fingertips. Yeah, sure. You know, it, it, it used to be the difference between do I drop this amount of money on this album? You know, well actually, I'll go and read about the album first before I invest that money yeah. in. Whereas now I can listen to any album I want for you yeah. know however much I pay for Spotify per month. And then I can just make my own decision yeah. and it hasn't either taken up room on my shelf or cost me mm-hmm. much money. But I mean, like even you do the same thing with your, your like friends who recommend music to you as well. Like you know them and you know their yeah, taste. So exactly. if a friend recommends yeah. an album that's like, you'll be like, oh, maybe I should check that. Or it's like, yeah. oh, they absolutely love that stuff. They'll yeah. recommend anything from that genre. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm more inclined to watch like a review on like a, like a video game, for example, because I'm, I'm not going to go and drop 70 quid on a game that's not that good. I mean, actually, in fairness, it's the same thing with like a gig, for example. Mm. You know, if you think about, I, I, do you want to go to this gig? Well, it's going to cost me X amount of money for the ticket. It's going to cost me X amount of money to get there. And mm-hmm. then am I going to enjoy it? The, the Listening to the band is almost like the review of, am I going to get something out of this? So it's kind of just moved that way for me. Mm-hmm. Do I like the band? I suppose, yeah, I do. Therefore, I'll go and see them live. If I don't like the band, I don't care to see them live. Done. Sorry, you know? Yeah, for sure. We well, did another episode of the you... classic podcast, Music is a Dead Scene. We yes. did it. So what's next week? It's part three of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. Uh, Californication. By the way, Stadium Arcadium, if we can oh. fit it all in one part. Because Stadium Arcadium's a long boy. It's huge. And then the week after that, we will have another regularly scheduled episode of the podcast. Which oh, are you a schedule? Scheduled? Are you not a schedule? You're a schedule. Oh, I think I'm a schedule because there's a H in there. Well, you just said But it. there is a C. And I would say school, I wouldn't say shul, would I? I'm a schedule. Yeah, maybe I should be a schedule. But next week is the last normal episode. <gasps> before the before, end of the Batch Before special. the end of the Batch special. And it's the Miad's Guide to Naming Your Band. Ooh. Going to be good names, going to be so bad names. Going to talk weird names, good names, bad names. Give us your favourite band name or give us one that you hate. Yeah, that would be good actually. And see if you can guess what my quote perfect band name is. I have one in mind that is 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 good. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> it's not that. No. It's not that. <laughs> two weeks time. Anyway, in two weeks time, that's what we're getting. So give us your favourite or worst band names. Yes. And also send us your festival link. Green Festival. We've had, a, we've had a few already, so thank you to everyone who's... I know, so yes. Far. It's going to be a good one. Cool. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye. Bye.